welcome back to another episode of Not Your Average Podcast, hosted by me, Dylan Quiggle. This is the second part of a two-part interview with Jessa and Drew Swearingen. Make sure to check out part one. All the... I can't think. I'm like doing really bad with words No, right I get now, what you're but... struggling with, because it gets complicated, too, because, right, the church is not... We are not perfect by any no. means. No, not close. Sorry. Sorry, church, we are not perfect. Not perfect. Any Christian who <laughs> to be perfect is missing the message completely. Yes. Okay. Because you're also dealing with broken people trying to build up broken people yes and that's just brokenness that's just what it is you know i am a damaged hurt person and i'm gonna try and help this other damaged hurt person yep and regardless of whether we actually have success in helping one another and regardless of what that looks like too because what is success what does that look like right you have to consider that walking beside one another through life is the important part and being Mm. available and being there for that person is the important part yeah that's good you know, less of the, how do we fix this immediately? And what's the perfect role that we play in this? And more of how do we make this messy and just get involved with it? Mm. Like, let's be involved in something, not just let things pass by. So would you, where, what areas would you say the church is lacking? And where would you say the church is doing good? I mean, I think I touched on this a a little bit. I think we're, we're lacking in caring for our community around us and yeah for, um caring for each other but um especially for our community around us because there's it's to me this is one of the biggest things that hit me when i came back from just that you know i was only in kenya for three months but just coming back realizing like how little we actually care mm-hmm. like the american church how little we actually care for the people around us like most people go to church on Sunday and then come home and go to their job. And yeah, you take care of people in your small group and your, your friends, but like, like where I live, I live right outside of India. Like, I don't know anyone that went, well, I don't, I can't say I don't know anyone. I do know people, but I know I knew very few people that would go downtown and volunteer and help out at like a soup kitchen or like help out in communities that needed help, you know? when you're literally right there and that's what we're called to do. Like it just didn't, I don't know. I don't think, I think we're missing the biggest part of our calling in that we're not actually going out and physically trying to help widows and orphaned and people that are impoverished and people that are facing social injustice. Like we aren't actually that we should be the ones leading the country in that we should be the ones leading the way in that. And we're not, and it's it's really upsetting. It's mm. I remember I got in an argument with my sister when I got back from Kenya because I was because she she got her windows tinted on her car, and this was like hardcore reverse culture shock because it costs like like seven or eight hundred bucks or whatever mm-hmm. to do that. And I was like, do you know how many people I was I was literally like why would you pay to do that? Like, do you know how many people you could feed with that money? Like the, how many meals you could provide? Like it, and you know, she was like, well, it's my money, I earned it. I can do what right. I want and with it. And that's also true. And, but, and that's true. Mm-hmm. That's you true. Such culture shock that- we have the freedom to do what we want with our money. And, you know, I can't tell you what to do with your money, but I, I do think that the Bible calls us to do things for others. To steward our money. <laughs> yeah. And if you, you know, if you're giving a good, if you make a lot of money, 
and you're, you know, giving 10%, 10 is the base, right? But if you're giving like more than that or whatever, I, I don't see any problem with taking some of the money you make and spending it on what you want. As long as you're, well, I was gonna say, yeah, we've got a others. house and a couple of cars, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably we, we have, have stuff more that more than we need, and we're still living below our means, but yeah. And yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to like create like a guilt trip where it's like, no, oh, you aren't doing enough. It's just that no, if you don't want to shame if you aren't that. doing, if if you aren't doing anything, you're not doing enough. But other mm-hmm. than that, and and this is just to Christians. Well, and it's to be not always clear if you aren't doing anything you're not doing enough but if you are doing something like i don't think we should measure oh i'm doing i'm doing i'm giving this much and you're only giving this much right. i think that which is why it wasn't fair to you nitpicky. to say it wasn't sister, fair of me to say to my sister because i don't yeah right yeah but right um but coming out of that environment where you've you've seen that i get that and it, yeah and with giving it's not just giving money either giving your time i mean yeah that's what that's, jesus did he went out and he gave his time to people because yeah. he had no money i was gonna say homeboy had no money he was a carpenter <laughs> you know the bible and i mean he is righteous and glorious right and the bible sets that up and that's what we are supposed to see but his treasure wasn't built up here on earth in a very mm-hmm. literal sense there was no treasure um yeah very poor um and and he was a nomad he traveled and he walked around and and met with people and sat on the ground with sick people and with people who had no hope left in life. Um, and yeah. And, with, and do you see the church doing that now? And sadly, a lot of times. I, when I say the church, I'm talking about the American church because globally, yeah. I believe we are doing great. Yes. American church. Yeah. The American church, I think struggles with that. And I think part of that is our, our culture. We are an advanced country and we are very blessed to have some of those advancements. But I think even COVID has put it into perspective. Yeah people struggling with the mental health aspect of christianity of being or being in the church at all you know christian catholic you know you believe in jesus and you believe jesus came to save you um you know that kind of mindset because i think that putting a name on it almost makes it even more loaded right yeah so, for sure um not putting christians in a box the same way i would never put anybody else who identifies any particular way in a box of oh then you believe all of these things no but um in <laughs> it's it's interesting to see yeah, that a lot of people have struggled with, you know, who am I and what is my purpose this year? Mm-hmm. Because we've slowed down and we've had more opportunity to meet one-on-one with people. I've talked to more of my friends this year than I think I ever have my entire life just because we were on lockdown and we had moments to breathe and to yeah. be with people. Mm-hmm. And I think that, especially with like what I was talking about earlier with social work and with going overseas, if you don't have those moments to be with people, if you didn't have afternoons in Kenya when it's noon and it's way too hot to be outside to sit down and drink Kenyan chai with with Kenyan people and then take a nap you may not have had time to connect with those people Mm -hmm. because the rest of the time you're there you're working 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 and I feel like that's what we're doing a lot of and so I think for a lot of Christians and we talked about this in my training for jobs for life our impulse is to work 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 give our money to an organization and not really kind of look a little closer at the organization not to say that because like you said if you're helping anyway you're helping Mm -hmm. like even when I worked for a food bank um the people who came in there didn't want to be coming in there, despite mm-hmm. what you might hear about people being, you know, mooching off the government and, you know, those kinds of things. There are people absolutely who exist who are doing that and who know they're taking advantage of something. But there are other people, and a lot of the times there are people who are embarrassed to come in and take a meal for mm-hmm. their family for the week. Like, just so, so deeply embarrassed. And it's a thankless job to work in a nonprofit like that because mm-hmm. they come in and they're saying, oh, 
you know, I need this much food because I have this many children. And you're like, okay, you know, and you want to give them whatever they need. You know, they take a little extra, whatever. There are people who mm -hmm. say, no, don't give me any extra. Like I'm very stern on this. I want somebody else to have their food. But there are, there are people who come in and they're super embarrassed to be there because they don't want to. But what they don't need to grow is for them to continue just getting a handout, right? Well, not mm -hmm. that that's a handout and a handout is not a bad thing in my mind, right? As you're helping somebody else and everybody I think has been at that point as an infant you were very clearly at that point as a person um you needed all of the handouts because otherwise you weren't alive so um, <laughs> good <laughs> perspective right we've all we've all been there and been at our lowest point of being um completely dependent on the world yeah. and on other people right so yeah these people come in and I think it was important in our training I keep going in circles I'm so sorry in our training for jobs for life to realize that when you're giving to a nonprofit, you want to give to um, and really kind of look into whether or not that place goes in then and teaches people things. Mm, how to use this Africa, He dug wells and he taught people how to farm. Yes. That way, that's a sustainable thing. Mm -hmm. You're teaching someone and that takes effort. Drew had yes. to put in time and effort to meet with people, to create relationships. And that's mm -hmm. something we a lot of times don't have time to do as Americans is what mm -hmm. I was getting at. We feel like we don't have time to do that. So you get to meet with people and sit down with people. Mm -hmm. When I'm with students at the Post, it's not important that, and they really don't care so much that they're getting a meal at the Post. Mm -hmm. They would rather you sit down with them and they enjoy their time at the Post, right? Like a, a lot of them, but not all of them, a lot mm -hmm. of them, but you know, as a, I grew up food insecure in a lot of situations. And that's what I would have come for too, is probably the food, but I would have appreciated the relationships alongside mm -hmm. of it. Right. That would have been more sustaining because what somebody is going to remember later is how you made them feel. Mm -hmm. They're not going to remember how many castles we gave them, what type of castle we gave them. <laughs> the mm -hmm. only thing they're going to know is they didn't want enchiladas anymore. And why are you Correct. enchiladas? And we say, it's a donation. We got enchiladas. It's what we're having. For <laughs> and they get angry, but yeah, essentially in the training we kind of learned about that we're helping hurts is where we're just giving people a handout and not also trying to grow them yeah. up in a relationship we have so. to be in a relationship we can't just shove the gospel into people's ears and then say good luck with that and walk away there's too that's, much to learn i'm still every day you know we can't just do that and expect people to be like okay i'm on board and then read through some of the old testament stuff that no longer applies right but it's still really important to the development of early christianity and say oh, I've done some evil thing, you know, and to think mm -hmm. that they are just a crappy, crappy person, which is totally not true mm -hmm. because a lot of that stuff is dated and comes with context. Like you wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't tell you about my life without the context because you think I was crazy. Yes. You know? <laughs> we we so, do people injustice when we don't take that yeah. action and make it personal. Mm -hmm. So we're not just, um. I promise we love the church guys. We're not just trying to bash them no, this entire podcast. Sure. So where, where, have the, where has the church been doing good? Um, I get it. Sorry, I'm gonna let Drew talk because I've been. She just looked at me like, "Oh, you gotta say this." Um, I think we we do do good. We do do. We do do. <laughs> Your children essentially. Say yes, that. I poop is always fun. Um, sorry, that's a tangent. I think we do a good, good job of loving each other and caring for each other, like internally to a mm. degree. Church, like I, I do think that's there. Like I've you know, grown up in the church and I've always had people that, you know, support and love me. I have so, like, I have so many people I've, I've had, I would consider mentors in my life just from being in the church, like different people I look up to. And I think that's a great, a great thing. Like, I think we, yeah. we do a good job of taking care of ourselves internally. I kind of, 
most of my criticisms are are external yeah and like kind of on that same um tangent not really tangent but that same uh, area that you're going um one thing i love about my church here in springfield is that we wanted to we want to go into the community but we had a whole series of sermons on like working from the inside out like we have to make sure the inside of the church is thriving and doing good before we can even consider going out and like working on the outside of the church so i think i mean personally and all my experiences um yes the church thrives in that area yeah oh yeah definitely and i think that's just as yeah like you just said that's just as important as reaching out Mm -hmm. i i would say that yeah yeah so jessa do you want to answer that or do you want to go to the next question we can go to the next one. I completely okay. agree with you. I think that's our best set right now. Cool. The truth. Yeah. So kind of more on a personal level, um, not so much of a broad sense. How have you been seeing God weave your childhood dreams into your calling on your life? Mm. I mean, I can start so you guys can think a little bit because I kind of just threw that on you. Well, I mean, I've never heard you answer this question. <laughs> my childhood dream. I mean, when I was little, I so I'm adopted obviously and I was like I want to go back to Vietnam like that is like a goal a dream I want to do that I want to work with kids I love kiddos and I didn't think that was ever going to happen and now I'm one semester away from graduating with a social work degree going to get my master's and I'm like well I'm I'm not going to go to Vietnam in the next year but I know that I'm capable of being able to accomplish that with a couple more years of experience and education I can go start an orphanage. And I know that's what God's calling on my life was. And the fact that he was, he intertwined me wanting to go back to Vietnam and to build his kingdom over there. Is, I think that's awesome. That is really awesome. Yeah, it works in mysterious ways. That's when you see it all come together is when you can put the pieces together, right? Oh yeah. Like I had a very, have had, we've had very similar kind of sometimes similar traumas in life dylan um and we've talked about that but living yeah living we were very most of the time didn't have a lot of money um most of the time moving all over the place it's never in one place for more than two years so i like i didn't have much of a dream as mm-hmm. a child like you know if people asked you what do you want to be when you grow up most of the time it was oh like a vet or um you know I, uh, I want to live here or, you know, I want to do this thing, but I was thinking ahead to the very next day. I was thinking wow. the next moment. I wasn't thinking so far ahead as to dream um, super, super far, but I know that going into college, like I told you, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I was like, I'll go into something that I know I can get into. And I wasn't good at math. I was not good at science. I used to be. And then you move enough times you get out of one curriculum and into a new one. And you just that, if you don't have a, you get real lost real fast and tangents and cosines and um, uh, DNA. The American American education system is a topic for another podcast. (laughs) It is. It It really is. And I'm not to say that they necessarily failed me because they didn't. I, I clearly made the most of what I was given and that was I think that was the Lord speaking into my life there because I don't think I would have done any of that mm-hmm. given the background and the stuff going on at home if I hadn't already had that on my brain like oh God has a plan for me and I had no idea what that was and I've never lived so so much in that moment of whatever your plan is for me that's fine than when I was a child and I had to because now I'm like okay what's the next step like tell me like all right I need to know like I want to over plan (laughs) so I really should take a note for myself from childhood for that 
but as far as dreams I didn't know I had um, and plans God had for my life that were going to be so incredibly good going into school and getting into my nonprofit program was insane. Um, and I mean, it made a huge difference. It taught me so much about my own feelings in life and why things ended up the way they did and taught me about the world. Um, being in a really good ministry while I was there also did that and having a community more than anything, because at the end of the day, what I'm not going to remember is the lesson I learned at my ministry group as much as I will the friendship that was built upon that where we've taken those lessons and applied them to life together um, and the friends I've developed there. And so I think God really spoke into that. I wanted to grow in my faith. I wanted to know more. I wanted to know why it looked different everywhere I went. Right. I moved so much and everybody, you know, had a different opinion on all these different things. And I wanted to know why um, Christianity looked different in other places. And he gave me that opportunity to grow in that. Right. I had little wants, little wants that grew into bigger things. Right. And I met mm -hmm. Drew and before meeting Drew, I had maybe toyed with the idea of maybe I want to be married. Um, and then decided like in high school, I really don't want that, you know, and I don't want to be married. I don't want to have kids. I don't really want to be that in life. I just want to work. And then I want to only work and do that. And I wanted to go into, I did a lot of plays and musicals in high school. Um, once I was able to finally do that, I did everything that I could from student council to plays and musicals to whatever else I could be in except for sports. Like sports were the only contingency where I couldn't be in a sport. So I just ran like six miles a day to make up for that, but <laughs> I couldn't be in a sport. But I, I wanted to go be on Broadway and I was actually applying to AMDA in um, New York at the time that I was looking at colleges. And I think I applied there and to Purdue. I only applied to two schools, um, which was do not do that. If you're planning on going to college, apply to a lot of schools. The Lord was really looking out for me for that because you should apply to a lot more schools. Heck Fill yeah. up an app and get, yeah, get into a, some, some schools and let people come to you and say, we want you. Let, let the Grace Colleges of everywhere say <laughs> right now. Yeah, because they really do some reaching out and they're a great school. No, no hard feelings to anybody who goes to Grace because they're a great school, but they are, they are loving in the way that they contacted okay, back on track. <laughs> yeah, contacted me before anybody else. So anyway, college and school systems and never another thing. But so yeah, for this dream of getting married, when Drew and I started dating, I had all these doubts. And there was just this tiniest inkling of, okay, well, maybe this is going to be good for my life. Mm. And realizing just how much that has helped me get past a lot of feelings that I had left over from childhood that I did not realize I had is incredible. Um, yes. you know, views of father figures in my life have not been super great. And then looking at you know, um, the way that Drew loves me and the way that people told me God is supposed to love me and Jesus is supposed to love me. Those, those things line up, you know, mm -hmm. and that is, it's a blessing to get to have that in your life. Um, and if your marriage doesn't look like that, I would challenge you to really kind of seek that out, right? Like how does, how does my marriage make me view God? Because it really, it goes back and forth. And I think that was the intention and the de development of marriage, but I think that wasn't a dream that I had, but it's a dream I realized I might have should have been looking for I don't know I feel like you can do that you can have a dream you should have been looking for um, and my dream wasn't necessarily to be in Goshen either I was really hoping once Drew and I started dreaming together to live in the city you know we had dreams of living on the canal and in Indy and like being involved and then coming here realizing just how much slower life is mm -hmm. has been a blessing too like I dreamt of 
big city living where it was go, go, go all the time of having a career where I was constantly working and not having kids because I was constantly working. And then God said, Boop, we're going to put a stopper on that and we're going to put you in Goshen and we're going <laughs> to put you in what you feel like is small town America. And you're going to get to have good experiences and meet wonderful people. And you're I mean, Goshen is small time, small town America. <laughs> I mean, we um, sometimes we sit on the front porch and watch horse and buggies go by. Yeah, drive by our so, house. Yeah, and you so, can mark the hour by them. We see. Yeah, yeah, almost on the hour at least. Yes, but yeah. So he he put a stopper on that, and I think that's been really sweet. And that was kind of a dream that I felt like was crushed for a really long time. That ended up being, oh, you just needed to redirect this, and you're gonna find the same kind of feelings here. Awesome. Right? Just a question. I feel like that was very random. That's no, you're good. I'm still dreaming. So, yes. So that's still <laughs> still to come. True. I'm on that later. I think um, it's kind of a roller coaster to end up where I I did today. I think one thing You're stuck with me. First okay. of all, I just want to say Jessica gave me way more credit there than I deserve. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I'm not as good of a husband as she thinks I am, which is probably. <laughs> But I'm uh, not as good of a wife as you think I am. So that's okay. this is a healthy marriage, I promise, guys. What <laughs> is a healthy marriage? Yeah. Um, but <laughs> no, so I grew up and I didn't really have like a dream of like what I wanted to be. Like I just kind of like went went with I'm a very go with the flow person, like just like mm-hmm. Oh, we're going here now. Okay. Oh, we're going. We're gonna go do this now. Okay. Drew's a middle child. He has two sisters who sandwich him in the middle. He also has severe ADD. Ah, I wouldn't call it severe. I mean, we'll let the people of the podcast judge. <laughs> I have not taken my ADD meds today. <laughs> I had ADD. He has predominant ADD. I have ADD. Um, nothing bad again. We love him still. No. I'm I'm sitting here playing with fidget toys while we while we talk, um, and I know there's not video, but I, I just held up a fidget cube. Anyway. They can hear it. <laughs> um, so I didn't like, I don't know, like I know I knew I wanted to be, um, have a family and have kids. Um, what did you tell your mom when you were little? Oh, I wanted to grow up to be a stay-at-home dad because then I could just, you know, stay at home and play <laughs> with my kids all day. And that sounds like sounded and like the most fun to me. He married somebody who works in the nonprofit field. So I think that dream went out the window for you. Yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um so I grew up my mom my mom is a uh, preschool teacher and uh so we grew up literally like she would babysit in the summer, so we always had kids in our house and that was awesome. And that's one thing I like about being able to work at, you know, help out at the post is I was kind of missing like being around kids and stuff. Um, it's just so much fun. Kids are great. Shenanigans. Yeah. It's yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I didn't really like, I, I remember my senior year of high school, like um, we, I was actually very lucky in that we had a teacher who basically went through a, I think it was an econ. He basically spent a month, going through like basically a lot of the jobs for life kind of curriculum it wasn't jobs for life it was his own curriculum but it was very similar like what do you want to do in life like 
and I don't know how he, twi- he twisted this to be an econ because our careers are part of the economy, I guess. But um, it was like, okay, so what are you, where do you, you always really enjoy doing as a kid? And like, what have you always enjoyed doing in your life? And then what are you really good at? He made us look at those two things and like find where they overlap. And I was, so I was going to go to college to um, IU to be an accountant. And my basis for choosing that was scholarships. Well, I did have scholarships, but that wasn't why I chose it. Um, my basis for choosing that was my dad's an accountant and me and him are pretty similar. So I probably enjoy doing that and probably do that. That's the only reason I picked (laughs) that. That's an understatement. You're pretty similar. Yeah, we are. We're very similar. And I probably would have, would have flourished i would have done well at that i don't know that i would have enjoyed it the same way i'm enjoying engineering but that was i remember like having a day like one of the things he said to do was uh go into your closet like go into your closet and look at what toys you had as a kid so i went in and it was literally all i had in my closet was legos lincoln logs connects (laughs) um, uh what is it uh girders and bars and girders which is like a really old toy that was like my dad's when he was a kid but it's like you build frames of buildings with it and i was like i don't think i I should be an accountant i should probably do something where i'm building or like designing things so then i decided to be an engineer and i literally i applied to purdue i got my application in the day before they stopped taking applications which is crazy and then i went in my field and I loved it but then I got into Purdue and I got really involved in a crew there and in ministry and I I'd always really liked the verse um Isaiah 6 8 uh here I am send me and it's the to give context it's God God is appearing to Isaiah and and well Isaiah is in the throne room of God and God's saying whom shall I send who will go out in my name and Isaiah says, here I am, send me. And I always like that verse because I, I, it was kind of funny to me at first because it's like God was asking a rhetorical question because it wasn't like Isaiah was in his throne room <laughs> surrounded by people. It was just Isaiah there. And God said, who, who can I send? Who will go out of my name? Like me. And I feel me, like, me, me, me. I feel like Isaiah. I volunteer as tribute. Well, the way I picture it is, is Isaiah like looking over his right shoulder and not seeing anyone <laughs> and looking over his left shoulder and not seeing anyone and going, I'm here. <laughs> I guess, but I, um, I'd always liked that verse and I, I got into college and got involved in crew and realized like, like I wanted to go out and do something for God, like that he, I felt called by him to go out and do something. And that's why I ended up doing my, my internship in Kenya, where we were drilling wells, teach people how to farm with the water and, and all that. And then I spent that summer on Guam working for a Christian radio station, which actually, um, it's really cool. We actually broadcast into countries i can't name any of the okay i was about to say you can't say anything we we would broadcast the gospel into places like i talked about earlier like we would broadcast it's illegal to yeah so we would broadcast to people who lived past countries that we weren't allowed to broadcast where you aren't allowed to send missions if you if you look up where guam is you can maybe figure it out Yeah, 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 yeah 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 Yeah, but we would we would broadcast like let's say we're broadcasting to South Korea and radio waves, AM radio waves are, are pretty wide when you're shooting from Guam 
to that. So we would hit other countries too that maybe weren't allowed to broadcast to. And that where you aren't allowed you to send missionaries to. You happen to be to. tuning in. Yeah. Just have it on accident. You happen to be tuning yeah. in and you just. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, and I, I think. It's like being a spy. As far as like U.S. legally, we're in the, we were, we're in the okay. We didn't do anything sketchy, but I think no. other countries. And it's not illegal. To Before do. you incriminate yourself. Um... No, it wasn't. I know, I know, I know, I know. Because we're allowed to do. Yeah. We've, we live in a free country and Guam is part of the USA and they live in a free country and yes. we can broadcast whatever we want. Yeah. Other countries may not be happy about that, but yeah. Um, right. But if it's important to you, if the gospel is important enough to your life, then you should share it from, with somebody else. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. And it, that was, so that That's was crazy. really cool. But then I, while, especially on Guam, first of all, I, I loved Kenya, but I, I realized like, that wasn't something that I was going to, I, I was very burnt out after Kenya. It was, mm. it was very much a situation where I was pouring out, pouring out, pouring out. I felt like wasn't getting as much in return. Um, and part of that could have just been where I was at personally at the time and spiritually at the time. I actually think that was a bigger part of it. Guam, Guam was very different as I was every day. I was like overjoyed to be there. It was awesome. It was beautiful. And you got to explore an island and you know the brunt work wasn't what you weren't out every day doing brunt work and it's a yeah. very different culture than Africa. yeah but while i was there i was talking with a lot of the engineer like a lot of people that worked there were engineers because we were we were broadcasting station we weren't we weren't making any of the content that we were yeah. broadcasting we were just running the station and making sure it pictures of drew up on the big like towers fixing things like yeah it's pretty cool yeah um but I got to talking to a lot of the engineers there and they were older and a lot of them, you know, found out a lot of them worked in like normal engineering jobs. And then when they got older, they quit their jobs and moved out here or they retired and moved out here. And I was talking to them about like why, why they did that instead of going straight into ministry. And a lot of the things were like, you know, in ministry, especially with like most ministries aren't equipped to train engineers. Like that's mm-hmm. not uh like in a lot of ministries are really have good at, older engineers who've retired and gone out to yeah train yeah engineers so they they said that you know talking to them it seemed like it's a it was a better option to go into industry and get a lot of engineering skills and grow in that and that would better equip you to do ministry later on and then there was also the aspect of like and I've already hit on this, so it might be obvious, but I'm really passionate. I don't think the American church um, gives, like like I said earlier, like 10%. It's like the baseline what the Bible calls us to give. And there's a lot of people in the American church who don't do that, don't even hit that. And oh, yeah. That's something that I'm really passionate about because if we did give 10% and we gave out globally, if we, we sent our money out to places like Kenya, places like... Um, china places like india we sent out to ministries there we could have huge much bigger impacts than we do we could have the bible we could have the bible in every language we don't have the bible in every There'd language be more yet. people that we could send out to to do that person to person ministry like we and, talked about earlier and that was something through talking to them they were like well you're going to school to be an engineer and you're passionate about this you why why would you not you know use your use your take your degree use it so that you could be one of those people that sends out money. Yeah. And this you was know. a point of 
not contention for us, but we re- sat down and talked about this too when yeah. we started having these feelings and said, are we still in line? Because initially we both thought we're going to go into the mission field yeah. and be out in the mission field. Yeah. Um, and especially in my case, I still feel like I am in the mission field, but it looks yeah. different. It's not me. Sure. Yeah. Um, and we sat down and said, well, should we still be together if our lives are not going on the same path? Yeah. And I think at that point we had both realized, oh, well, we don't necessarily want to go overseas right away or, you yeah. know, do all of that right now and um you know we weren't feeling called to doing that i think at that point so that was good for us sorry that was a little tangent but yeah it was at that point where we had reconsidered our relationship yeah yeah it was very honestly sat down and said if we're not supposed to do this stuff together then we aren't and and then then you know good day to you sir yeah but i I feel like that summer like we got kind of shifted our view both of our views a little bit differently through separate experiences and we were still in the same place when we came yep came back which is really cool i went to virginia that summer yeah um but i think the the thing that hit me is like in the here i am send you know that verse about here i am send me what i get from that verse is when god puts something on your heart you put it on your heart for a reason there aren't other people to your right and to your left like he put that something on your heart because he's calling you to do it. It's mm-hmm. not, he doesn't put something on your heart because he thinks someone should do it. He puts it on your heart because he thinks you should do it. Yeah, that's good. And for me, the big thing on my heart was big thing that really bothered me is how little the American church gives and how we don't support overseas ministries the way that we should. We don't outwardly give the way we should. Well, and you'd been in the shoes of a missionary raising support. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. and I had to, I had to raise $6,000 both summers that I went and did that, and that's... For a punk college kid. That's yeah, a for lot. a college kid, that's a, that's a lot of money. Even great. for a not college kid, that's a lot of money. Yeah, a lot of money. yeah, yeah. And, down and that's on a what for some people. Yeah. I was giving up, you know, most of my friends went to internships mm-hmm. and made yeah. that much money well and that affected instead later, of your job asking for that much money yeah. not coming home with and nothing as an, as an engineer you don't uh, a lot of times give up those internships that's yeah a lot of people really frown on you for that and yeah, yeah. i mean and it but, did impact your ability to find a job later but you're but here now and you're fine um but god you know god really put that on my heart and i i realized like that that's on my heart because that's what god wants me to do is mm. he wants me to be part of the solution to the problem i see he wants me to have a career so that i can support overseas ministries and help them and help them so that's kind of with the prospect of maybe retiring to guam someday which i'm not opposed to that's awesome well this went a lot longer than i expected it to (laughs) which is no i'm not mad at all i'm so happy about that um for context me, I went over to their house for lunch once and then Jessa left and Drew and I sat at his kitchen table and talked for like another seven hours. Yeah. Um, I came home and you had just left. By yeah. complete accident. It did not, it just happened. So um, thank you guys so much for doing this. This was exciting. This was a lot of fun. Um, Thanks for having us on. Yeah. Shameless plug for the Post Youth Center. We always take donations. We're a 5013C nonprofit. So if you want to donate money, I can give, I'm going to put Jessa's email if that's okay in the description um website in the description that might be better i'll put the website in the description i'll also put uh the link to jobs for life in the description so if anyone's still listening an hour and a half later which i hope you are um those will all be in the description if not 
hopefully you see them in the description. <laughs> um, so thanks for joining and I'll see you guys later. Yeah, thanks for having us, man. Bye, Jimmy.